welcome to Head of a Codfish, the podcast that is all about modern working families and juggling the dual responsibilities of work and family. I am your podcast host and producer, Hayley. So here I am back for 2018. Feels like an age since I've sat down in front of the microphone to record one of these, but I'm back raring to go after a break. In the time since I recorded the last episode, I've been spending time with family and covering the six weeks of school and childcare holidays, job hunting and giving myself a bit of a mental break by doing a lot of reading. I used to be a big reader, but since having children, I've really struggled with finishing a book. I have become the one at book club who hasn't read the book and just goes along for the wine and the non-book conversation. But it came to the point where my head needed to go somewhere else for a while and let some authors take the lead. For the sake of my mental health, I needed to take some time to be quiet and still and think less. I'm not saying that creating this podcast is detrimental for my mental health and I needed to have a break from it. More like when my mental health is not tracking so well, it makes elements of creating this podcast harder to achieve. It is more the case of working on the cause so that the other aspects of life happen more easily. But anyway, enough about me. How are you doing? It has got to that time when those with school-age kids have finished the juggling and scheduling of school holidays and are back into the rhythm of school life. And those that haven't yet reached the school years are thinking this is a week just like any other. We've been in the rhythm of childcare for weeks now. I like school holidays and getting to spend lots of time with my kids, but at the same time, the lack of structure for the weeks and days that comes with being unemployed has not served me well. Hopefully my visit to unemployment is a short one because my transition back into being the full-time dropper-offer and picker-upper and organiser and scheduler and cleaner has not entirely been a happy one. So on to my interview for this episode. Joe was great to interview. The conversation flowed really easily and I feel like we covered some really interesting ground from single parenting, being a parent of twins and making that work with a professional level career in a large and diverse organisation. In fact, it flowed so well. You may have noticed that this is part one of two. The first episode covers the conversation that was more personal to Joe, how she makes her situation work and how she organises work and family. Part two is where we talk about flexibility and women in the workplace in a more general sense. She had some really great insights into the large organisation working world, a world that I haven't been a part of for a very long time, so I loved her perspective on it. So here is part one with my interview with Jo. start with a big question for any working parent on a scale of newborn to teenager how much sleep are you getting (laughs) oh um i would very rarely get my prerequisite eight hours of sleep a night yep and as much as I aim for that that is my absolute goal (laughs) i would say I would be fortunate to get seven hours sleep a night yeah. 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 on a work day. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So is that due to children keeping you up or is it just more fitting everything in? Um, it's a little bit of both. I think it's driven a lot by my own expectations around children's bedtime mm-hmm. and me restricting the things that I do until after they have gone to bed. Okay. Yep. So no, while, I yeah. So while they're awake, I'm very much operating in their world mm-hmm. and they drive my hours of, yeah, they drive me while they are awake. Mm-hmm. And then because I just need, desperately need to have at least two hours to myself before I fall asleep. Yeah. If I want You to. just need that buffer between I, yes. work and domestic stuff and then, yeah. yeah, you're hitting the hay. Because by the time I get home from work, I haven't decompressed. Yep. There's no one here for me to decompress with. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that with my children. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, the, the more they push out their bedtime, yeah. the more that impacts on my ability to go to bed on time. Yeah, sure. And so, as, and I don't want to lose that 
that time that is so precious to me. It's the only time of the day that I get to myself is yeah. when they sleep. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so I find that then what happens is I sacrifice an extra half an hour at bedtime yep. or something like that just to give myself Yeah, and if you're doing that once in a while, you can probably be okay, but when it's more often than not and you're losing that half an hour and then maybe it's 45 minutes consistently, yeah, um, yeah that's when you're kind of going to feel the impacts a bit more. And it becomes a vicious cycle. Yeah. It, it really becomes an absolute vicious cycle. But I can honestly say that there are days where I come home and I go to bed at the same time as the girls do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I will say, okay, girls, it's your bedtime and mummy's going to bed now too. Yep. And they will, and their bedtime is 8.30. <laughs> and they yeah. will be aghast that I'm going to bed when they are. When they are. But I'm just so exhausted mm. that I'm just needing to go to bed at that time of the day myself as well. Yeah. I mean, I understand. I guess I am a bit the same in, you know, what I'll do when the girls are around and yeah. when they're not. And that is a bit out of necessity, as in well, I've still got one that's two. Yeah. And so things like mopping the floor and trying to do ironing yeah. and trying to do a lot of those things yeah. are just um, difficult with yeah. with um, that age person around. Um, but it is also – there's a lot of things like I really try not to do any kind of podcast stuff yeah. when they're up because it just – I just end up having to say, I need to be quiet, I'll go away, kind of, you know, it's just not how I choose to operate with them, I guess, um, to do that kind of thing. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of things that are physically I'm restricted with, with the age, but then there is also a lot of things that I just go, no, that only happens when they're out of the house or and, in bed. And look, you're here now because mm. my children have gone to bed. As have mine. <laughs> I, uh, I uh, read bedtime story before I yeah. left to come over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. That's, yeah. And I guess if I weren't so restrictive about what I will and won't do while they're awake, that might loosen up some of the boundaries that I have around the activities that I do. Mm-hmm. But it still wouldn't change my parental responsibilities yep. to them. Sure, yeah. So, and especially on a weekday, mm. you know, a weekday is get up, make their lunches, make them breakfast, make myself breakfast, eat, have a shower, make sure they've done all their t- tasks, yep. get in the car and go. Yeah. And we have such a regimented routine mm-hmm. and it's timed to the millisecond. <laughs> yep. And to the point where I now give my children home, um, I give my children pocket money. They get a dollar a day for being ready for school on time by 8 Yeah. That's not bad. Yep. Because so it's a big drama in our house at the moment with, with my middle one, ah. so my six-year-old. Um, it's just hard work. It is. Getting, getting her, um, I think the eldest one has just worked out over time that life is just easier if you just get it done. Yeah. And, and also, you know, if you get it done, then you might have time to do something else that you want to do. You might be able to watch a bit of TV because we don't have TV on at all before school, but if you're ready, you, you know. Um, you may have a few minutes to watch some TV or something, and she's just kind of worked out that the whole hassle and fighting it and whatever is just not not worth not it. worth it, not <laughs> worth the energy. But yes, the middle one hasn't hasn't come to that realization yet. So that's an interesting interesting plan. Well, well I think about that one. Yeah, do because we basically we did charts, we did ticking, yeah. we did yeah. whiteboards. We did every possible thing that we could to institute a regular routine because my thing would be one of my children, whenever she would wake up in the morning, it was as though she'd never been alive on planet Earth before. <laughs> and <laughs> it was like someone erased her mind every time she closed her eyes. Yeah, right. So yeah. just... You she know, would, it's like... Forgot you, which step comes after brushy teeth or... Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it was, it was, she forgot she even had to brush her teeth. Like, it was just to that point. And <laughs> so, so not a morning person then. No, <laughs> definitely. And not an organisationally driven person either. Yeah. Um, whereas I am. And so it was basically, right, these are the five tasks that you have to do before 8.15 
And if you can achieve that, you will get a dollar. Mm-hmm. And if you and you can't, you can be ready and say you're ready to go to school. But if your shoes aren't on and your hair's not brushed, yeah, yeah. you haven't achieved yeah. the morning's objective. See, what I like <laughs> about that is that I have, as I said, my eldest who is quite good and she'll get ready in ten minutes and she'll be fine. Um, but then she can't. She wants to do something in her room. She's fine. She can do that. But if she wants to watch something on TV, no, we can't really have the TV on because the other two aren't ready. And so maybe getting ready better for her didn't really pay off anyway. Yes. Because she couldn't yes. couldn't necessarily do what she wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, something that is kind of a incentive that's a bit more individual, yeah, is, is something to, to think about. <laughs> No, I like it. <laughs> so what we'll just go on to, um, can you tell me about the members of your family and sure. how how they're occupied with work and school and that kind of thing? Um, so in our home, it's myself and my twin daughters who have just turned 10 years old. And because I'm a single mother, yep. um, without the support of my parents, the mm-hmm. girls' grandparents, we wouldn't function as a family in order for me to have a working life. Yeah. Okay. So what is your workload currently? You mean my paid workload? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Because I find that a very loaded question. (laughs) So um, because I um, have a very heavy workload um, in terms of, Parental responsibility. Yes, exactly. Your paid workload. My my paid workload is that I work 0.8, which which is Monday to Thursday, 9 to 5. Okay, yep, with the the Friday not at work. Yeah. Yep. And so the girls are obviously at school and you are able to drop them off before work or are you using some OSH? So basically... Um, the girls' school only allows children on the premises from 8.30 onwards. Yep. There's a yep. teacher on yard duty. Yeah, yep. our school's the same. So we arrive at the gate and we sit there and as soon as it's 8.30, as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as the car radio clock says 8.30, 8:30. they get out of the car and I hightail yep. yep. it into, into work. Yeah, okay. And so after school, mm. what are they doing then? On the Monday to Thursday. Yeah, so from Monday to Thursday, I'm very fortunate because my parents, either my father or my mother, will pick the girls up from school and take them back to their house. Yep. But the girls also have a set of after-school activities. Okay, yep. Yep, so they do um, tennis on Tuesday nights, they have swimming on Wednesday nights, and they have piano on Thursday nights. Now, are these the the good kind of activities where they just go straight there after school and then someone picks them up later? No. No, okay. No, they are not. Because those ones are gold. Yeah, (laughs) no. None of them are unsupervised, and all of them require an adult to be present during the activity. Okay. So Not, Not just even for drop-off like no oh, no wow. not even just for drop-off they want parental supervision throughout the entire activity so one of my parents sits with my girls throughout any one of those lessons yeah and, sure. and then i come by um and pick the girls up directly after i finish work yeah 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 from my mum and dad's house so i, I my mum and dad will then after that activity is finished they'll go back to my mum and dad's house yeah but thankfully, my dad has now started after piano lessons on Thursdays. He'll bring them back to our house. But the problem with that has been that I'm on autopilot. Yeah. So I'll show up at mum and dad's anyway. <laughs> and my, my mum will, as you do. Like, yeah, yeah. Because right. he's only just recently started doing this. Yeah, yeah. In fact, just... I think it was this term he started. And so I would just go to mum and dad's. Because that's what you do every day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And my mum would be what are you doing here? <laughs> I was like, where are the girls? They're at your house. Oh, my God, why am I here? I could have just gone straight home. And saved the time. <laughs> yeah, and bought dinner on the way or done another errand yeah, on the way yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. But I just have it in my head that that's, where, you that go. that's where I go. So how do you find the kind of relationship that's built between your girls and their grandparents through that kind of arrangement well it's funny you should ask that because i've suggested that 
we put the girls into OSH to reduce the burden on my parents mm-hmm. because they've now been doing this for the last five years. Yep. So every school year for the last five years. And my parents are not getting any younger. Yeah, yeah. But neither my children nor my parents will hear of going to OSH. Yeah, okay. So my parents would view that as just a failing on their part that they weren't involved in the girls' lives and also that the girls wouldn't be happy at OSH and my Mm. parents couldn't live with that. So um, that's a guilt that they bear. Mm -hmm. I don't bear that guilt. (laughs) Um, However, yes, but I'm not going to interfere with that. It wouldn't pay to interfere with that. Um, And nor can I afford to send my own children to OSH, quite frankly. But watching the relationship that they have built with my parents... They love my father. They adore him. Yeah, yeah. And they have just the most extraordinary relationship with one another. It's yep. just gold. You can't. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. yeah. It's just lovely. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. lovely. And it would, yeah, it would be good to kind of just have those other adults. Yeah. Other people of authority that aren't mum. Yes. <laughs> around yeah. to, to kind of. You know, to test that negotiation with when you think you should have more independence than you do or something. I mean, if it's just you and them navigating that all the time, mm. um, I'm sure, yeah, it's helpful to have some other people of authority to, to kind of help with that negotiation transition into, you know, further independence or or different yeah, rules about what we do or how we conduct ourselves or well i just feel as though i'm always the bad cop so yeah, because yeah. i'm the authoritarian mother yep. and i have to be on at them all yeah, the time yeah, you can. i'm i'm not the fun parent yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. just not yeah that's i can't assume that role too much with them um and but my father can be the good cop yeah. So he yeah. can sneak them a chocolate and he can sneak them a, you know, and they think it's so naughty that they've had a packet of chips with granddad after swimming or yeah, yeah. he bought them an ice block mm, and, mm. and don't tell mum. <laughs> we all know mum wouldn't like you to do that. I love that he does that. Yeah. But I play along as well. Yeah, like, sure. Oh, my goodness, you know we're just about to have dinner and you're eating bags of chips. And, yeah. But yeah. it's lovely because in me doing that, it builds that bond even Further. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like they don't see that that's what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, it allows them to have a bit more kind of playfulness yeah. without, yeah, while you're saying you don't have the the bad or you don't have the good cop no. there, so you no. kind of have to be the bad yeah. cop. So for them to kind of have that somewhere is, yeah. Is, yeah. It's really lovely. Beneficial to them. Yeah. Sure, good. So what would you say is your parenting superpower? My parenting superpower. I think my parenting superpower is knowing my children's characters inside and out. Yep. Mm, That's a good one. That's definitely my parenting superpower. Yep. Yeah. So do you think that's just the way you operate or out of necessity or no? just how you relate? It's how yeah. I relate to them. Yeah. Yeah. I find that having known their characters, um, having insight into who they are as individuals. Yeah. Um, I know intimately what drives them. Mm. Yeah. And that is really essential. Mm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. 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 I mean, I hadn't quite thought about it in that way. But, yeah, I think I understand certainly my, I don't know, all of, all of my girls. And so certainly the oldest ones just because they have more that drives them now. Yeah. <laughs> As they're older, like the two-year-old's yeah. kind of a much more basic creature at the, the moment. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, um, like, for example, with my middle one, she's, she's very much about food. And, and from quite young. So you knew if she was well-fed, you were fine. Yep. If she was hungry, yep. then things are not going well. Yeah. So even though it's a very basic thing, yep. like just to kind of understand, okay, the difference between you that I can deal with and you that yep. I can't deal with is food. Yep. So as long as I've got that covered, yep. then we can move on to the other 
yeah. get the things. Yeah. Um, yeah, and once you've got those basics down, I mean, for example, one of my girls has a very innate sense of justice. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. she has that in spades and she ha- she will call you on any sense of injustice that mm-hmm. she feels, but she also feels worldly injustice as yeah. well. So if you can align your parenting around her sense of justice, yeah. then that's something that is going to motivate her and mm-hmm. speak to her in yeah. her core set of values. Yeah. 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 And then I've got the hangry child. <laughs> Definitely got that. We've all got that hangry child. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, so my my eldest is it's very much about looking at things a different way. Right. So yeah. So right from quite young, um, you would give her a toy, and it would be like a toy where you have a hammer and a peg, and you hammer yeah. it. Yeah. And she would find some way of using that toy that you'd never seen anyone oh, do before, and it didn't wow. involve hitting the yeah, hammer yeah, on the yeah, peg. Yeah. It was yeah. some way of doing it. Um, and it's very much about kind of being contrary and being not, it's not always about being contrary, but it's about looking at things and just looking at the different possibilities, mm. um, which of course can, you know, <laughs> when you're saying about just kind of understanding them, it can be incredibly frustrating when you've just got one thing to do and you need yes. to do it bloody fast. Yes. And you've got someone who's just trying to find a different way of looking at mm-hmm. it, a different way to do it. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, we need to, you know, we're tidying up now. Um, and the others will go, okay, I'll tidy up. I'll pick up this thing. I'll walk over there and put it away. And she'll be trying to devise some vehicle out of something to try and put the toys on the vehicle mm-hmm. to then go around. And of course, it makes it take the job take 10 times longer. <laughs> But that's just yeah, she's got this kind of real real need to um to look at different ways of doing things or to to, to look at the problem a different way. Yeah. Um and so yeah, understanding that that it's not just her trying to take longer to do every no. single thing in life. No, that's her persona. It is, it is yeah. just the the way she approaches everything is to to look at the most non well, I always say it's the most non obvious yeah. way to do something. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because when my girls were little, I was a lot more tolerant around those things because I'm very task-oriented. Yeah. So for me, it's about efficiency and getting a task done in the great in the shortest amount of time but doing it well because I'm also a perfectionist. Um, but when, I was, when the girls were little, I would – and they would do exactly what you've described in a very – but, you know, wanting to do it in their own way or drive the truck to the – Toy box, toy box yeah. you know, not just pick the truck up and put it in the toy yeah, box, yeah. you know, it had to be driven all around yeah, the yes, room yes, before it yeah. got into the toy box. Yes. And and that would drive me literally insane. <laughs> and so I would do things like, can you pick up the toys happily? Can you pick up the toys by hopping on one foot? Can, <laughs> can you pick up all the blue toys? You know, like I would try so hard to direct the way in which they were doing the, the yeah, job at yeah. hand. And because they'll unpack the dishwasher, one of them will seriously come in with a pan on her head and <laughs> the lid of the pan is a shield and she's a soldier. And for me, I look at her and think, you couldn't just put the pan in the cupboard. But then at the same time, <laughs> if she didn't do it that way now, you know what? I think I'd actually be devastated because if she suddenly lost that childlike wonder yeah, and creativity, yes, exactly. that would be heartbreaking to me. And that is so hard, isn't it, the balance, the whole thing of you want um, to kind of develop someone who – can get something done when they need to. Mm. Like, honestly, you're going to send these these kids out into the world, into a workplace. Mm. You want them to have the skill just to go, okay, yeah, I'm going to grab that and I'm going to go and I'm going to do a good job. Um, trying to guide them towards that and not break them and not just kind of be, yeah, get the right balance so you're not losing that creativity or that, yeah. that thing that makes them them. Yeah, I, I find that balance quite hard. It's challenging. It is because... I know that I'm so focused. I used to be so focused that everything had to be done by 7 o'clock at night because that was their bedtime. Mm -hmm. So we wouldn't spend extra time in the bath. 
playing. Yeah, okay. You know, like it would be right, bath, 15 minutes, pull the plug. <laughs> and I wouldn't be even looking at are they playing with the ducks or are they blowing the bubbles or, yeah. you know, like I think I would suck some of the life out of their fun because I wouldn't just go with it and see that actually it's not about getting everything done by 7 o'clock. <laughs> it's about actually enjoying the time yeah. that you do have yeah. together. But, I mean, some of that I imagine comes from being a mother of twins in oh, that when okay. they're young, <laughs> yeah, oh, you yeah. have to be like that to, to get through the day. There's kind of no option. No. You know, they have to be feeding now and being changed now and they have to be, yeah, it has to be that way, doesn't it? It does. I was very much of the view that... I wasn't doing everything twice. Yeah. So I was very much of the view that if one of you is having breakfast, you are both having breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If I, if you're, if one of you is having a bath, the other's having a bath. I was not doing a tag team because it just would push out my entire day. Yeah. And yeah. I just couldn't. That's bear right. It. You can easily <laughs> lose the whole day in, in yeah, just going feed them change them, whatever, get them to sleep. If you were kind of doing that, yeah. If I'm doing that back to back. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole day. Yeah, (laughs) that is the entire day and night is is doing that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, I'm sure some of that um, is out of necessity. Oh, Of of being that kind of watching the clock and and getting things. But now I look back because it's easy now because they're 10. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I stopped a mum at Woolies today because um, she had twins in her trolley and I saw the little girls and I'd say that they were probably about 18 months. Yeah. And they pulled over at the sushi bar and we'd walk past her and I'd seen her at the checkout and I could see, like I could just see on her face she was really struggling and I just knew. Yeah. And I said to my girls, girls, just stop a minute. And I looked at her and I said, are they twins? She said, yes. And I said, I just want you to see these girls. They're my twins. They've just turned 10. And I just want you to know you'll get through this. Yeah. You'll get through it. Yeah. And she looked at me. She just had this face of... Promise me I will get through this. And I said, I said, I promise you it will be fine. It will be fine. Yeah. One day they'll grow up. But I, I, I'm I, a twin mum too. I yeah, know exactly, exactly what you're going through. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, yes, I can imagine 18 months. It's just, yeah, they're starting to get more mobile. And when you've, you know, I'm sure there's some stages when you've got two like separation anxiety, I imagine maybe less when there's two of them. Getting mobile and running around is potentially worse. You know, you know, some things might be smoother as they've got each other. Some things may be harder, and I'm imagining getting mobile. Might be. Uh, <laughs> when my girls were mobile, I'll never forget. I was in a mum mother's group when we were living in the United States, and I was in two groups. One was for twin mums, and one was for mums who only had one child. I don't mean only had who had it. A child. child, yeah, and um, and I was out with the group who had one, and um, and I had my girls both on what she called leashes, yeah, and um, she just one of the mums just absolutely rode me about it and said, "Your children are not dogs, and why are they on a leash?" And I just looked at her and said, "Because I don't want to have to pick which one I'll chase after." Yeah. When they're running for a road. In opposite directions. Yeah. yeah. When yeah. one goes that way and the other goes that way, how do I decide which one I'm going to let just go? Yeah. yeah. I can't do that. And I just said I love my children and so I'm keeping them close to me and that's yeah. what this is for. Yes, yeah. that's right. I mean, excuse me, I mean, I know how much just, yeah, just one can run. Yeah, they and, and, like, you know, you've got an older one or a younger one or something that you're strapping into the car or something, and they're gone. So if you've got two doing that, it's, yeah. Hello. <laughs> we used to play a game. I don't know if you've ever done this with your little ones, but we used to play a game. We do it on the spot and we just do it at home and we do running, 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 stop. Running, 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 stop. Yeah, right. And it was so that they would stop whenever they heard yeah. that yeah. that called sure. out. Yeah. So whenever we were then at a playground and you just go, stop, 
the idea was that they knew. Yeah, that they, they had, knew what that they meant, knew and they knew that, that was yeah serious. Yeah. It was non non negotiable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of the best life skills I think we ever practiced. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I just remember doing it. Oh my gosh, the things we do for our children. <laughs> that's a good one (laughs) so with how you organize yourself at the moment with work and the kids um what do you think works well (laughs) grandparents (laughs) what works well is having children who understand that we you know why mummy has to get certain things done yeah Sure. We had a really interesting conversation the other day because we were running late and one of my girls said, well, what difference does it make if we're running late? Mm, I've had that one before. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, well, would you have gotten ready differently today if I'd said that I have a workshop this morning? And she said, well, maybe. And I said, well, how about... I have a workshop every day <laughs> and 9am and, and, and we need to be ready for that every day. Do you really need to know what I have on in my work day for you to help me get ready to go to work every day? Mm. I have to be there every day at nine o'clock, my love, the end. But it was interesting that in her mind, the activity that I was doing at work that day apparently would have changed how she would have gotten ready in the morning. <laughs> But in terms of what works... Just needs the pressure of the deadline. <laughs> yeah, it works. Or the importance of it. Like, yeah, for some yeah, yeah. reason, I think sometimes going to work doesn't penetrate in a child's mind. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. That doesn't... But whereas a workshop or a meeting or mm. a presentation, yeah, yeah. that's a thing. That's an uh, that's tangible. Yeah, yeah. And that just changes her relationship to what's required of her. Yeah, yeah. But I think for what works... Um, Definitely for me, I, I I wouldn't be here now if I, if it had not been for my mum and dad. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't be able to go to work every day if it weren't mm, for their mm, support. There's yeah. just no way on earth I could do that. Yeah, sure. Knowing that they're going to be there at the end of the day for my kids. Yeah. That gets me through my that, – that relieves a whole range of pressure on my head to get me through the day. Yeah, and I guess as to, to with that arrangement with grandparents, there's probably – avoids a bit of management as in if they're at say osh and they're with lots of other kids and carers that you know a little bit or maybe not at all and then something happens or they're not happy or there's some kid that's obviously upsetting them there's a lot of management in Mm. there that you're gonna have to pick up whereas you just kind of avoid that with the grandparents you're not having to hunt down a particular person to work out what the deal is with this kid or this activity or what happened with the why this hat's missing or you know all this kind of stuff yeah yeah. the other thing that works for me is having a manager whose mother was a single mum okay yep and so when I said to her this year I needed a day off the sports day Mm -hmm. um and she just said well, your children to de- your children deserve to have at least one of their parents there. Yeah, yeah. And she just granted me that leave yeah. without question. She, sorry, she knows like she just knows our family situation, yeah, and yeah. she's very understanding about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is really, yeah, helpful. That yeah. I know that if I really have to in times of need, I don't like to push push the mummy button. Like I really don't. I yeah, try yeah. to use that button yeah. as little as I possibly can. For example, I was asked to go away in a conference. Mm-hmm. The lengths it took me to go to that conference were extraordinary. Mm. But I was not going to be the woman who couldn't go, go. on a conference yeah. because she's a single mother. Yeah. And so it was really interesting though, because and you'll love this. I then asked as part of my travel allowance to have $50 per diem of childcare. Mm -hmm. And my director was travelling with me and we had a conversation while we were away where he said to me, I got this really unusual request come through for travel. And I said, oh, what was that? And he said, well, you've asked for childcare while you're away with us. And I said, well, um, actually my children are only nine and I don't think I'm legally allowed to leave them by themselves yet. (laughs) 
<laughs> and, like, and he just looked at me and he went, oh, yeah, when you put it like that, I guess, you know, I suppose someone does have to do it, but it never really occurred to me. Mm, yeah. We've we've had this discussion in my family about my husband who was in a role that was travelling overseas a lot, mm-hmm. so for, mm-hmm. you know, several weeks at a time. And he joked about, um, you know, giving them a bill for for whatever it would have to be, for yep. whatever care it would have to be, that yep. would have to, which would probably have to be like a private nanny being odd hours yep. and, and whatnot. You know, here's my travel allowance, you know, here's my, my claim, and here's, here's the nanny for those three weeks for, you know, for picking up. Mm. On the days that I normally do pick up and, you know, dropping off for the times that I normally drop off. And um, at that stage, she was probably at home one day. So that's like right. one whole day that yes. it need to be covered. And, yeah, I mean, he obviously, he didn't do it. <laughs> but it's an exact, exact same conversation that we've had about, you know, what it actually means to go on holiday travel, uh, holiday, on work travel uh, as an ongoing thing and what the cost actually is is to a family so as it was when he went away i had to work a lot less hours yeah so that was a cost in itself yes getting paid less uh because i just physically couldn't couldn't be in the office any earlier and i couldn't leave any later because i you know had to pick up and drop off and stuff yeah that i had to cover three different pick up and drop off locations um single like with with, uh, as only one person on one car and whereas normally we divide yeah divide and conquer divide and conquer (laughs) exactly (laughs) um so yeah we've kind of had that exact conversation about you know the the cost of of travel and what it really means what it in reality means means for a family yeah it's not cost free (laughs) no it's just not so yeah i made my point on that one um, and luck, fortunately, it was supported. But then the person who was caring for my children was my father. Mm. And it's not like he can produce an invoice. Yes, yeah. So, and he's not like a registered no. um, yeah, childcare no. provider or anything, yeah. But by the same token, why should he have done that for free? For free, yeah, exactly. Why should he? Yeah. So... Yeah, we'll see how that goes through at finance. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that is the exact point. I mean, why should you have to do that? Or why, even if it's not a kind of money thing, why should one partner have to yeah. seriously put their life on hold yeah. for several weeks at a time for for a work thing yeah. um, and really not be able to do much beyond the bare minimum? You know, is is that okay yeah. to to uh, ask families and partners to do? Yeah, yeah, I find that's really tricky. I think also for what works, I think just you have to be organised. Mm. I just can't emphasise enough how important it is to be organised. Yes, and that means just forward planning everything. Yeah. And whether it's your weekly meals or your monthly work schedule or what's coming up, always scanning the horizon. Like mm. I feel like I'm always scanning the horizon. What's next? What's coming? Yeah. What do we? What do we have to be prepared for? Mm. Um, all of those things. Just it feels like that's a constant refrain for yeah. me. Definitely. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Keep keep everything going as smoothly as possible. Just a lot of organisation. Yeah. Sure. So what about things that uh, might not work so well? (laughs) Um, It doesn't take much to throw things off kilter. Mm, (laughs) Um, As I said, it's a very finely calibrated equation. Yeah. So if one little element of that equation is thrown out for any particular reason. And, I mean, you would know what it's like. A child gets sick. Yeah. I very, very rarely will take a day off for carer's leave. Yeah. Um, And we have very generous carer's leave allowances. Um, But if I've got a work commitment, I honour my work commitment, which is probably to my children's detriment. Mm -hmm. Um, But I find that 
you know, there are two types of guilt. There's the maternal guilt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that you, you're faced with the maternal guilt yeah. of leaving your child mm-hmm. or you're faced with the employer guilt yes. yeah. of letting down your employer. That's right, yeah. And there's a quid pro quo. Either way, there's going to be a guilt cost. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you're right. And so I find myself deferring more for some reason the employee guilt must have a greater weighting i don't quite know why <laughs> um but i guess because i work point eight so yeah, i feel yeah, like i i genuinely feel like i have to be there i have to show my face I yeah can't, i can't you i can't be seen to have to oh she's not here why not oh children are sick yeah. So I, when things don't work, they really don't work, and I'm really conscious of trying not to have the reputation of the yeah. I'm not there because I'm looking after my kids. kids again. Yeah, yeah, which is quite, yeah, unfortunate that yeah. that is the the situation you're operating in, mm. that, that it's either one or the other, mm. that, that, yeah. Yeah. That you're either the one, you're one of the good ones that's yes. at work yes. and doesn't take yes. days for these reasons yeah. or or you're the dark side. But what I've learned over time is you don't get a medal. Like you don't get a medal either way. Yeah. So you don't, okay. you don't get a medal for being a good mum mm-hmm. and you don't get a medal for being the employee of the year either. Yeah. So why not take? care like you know if, <laughs> yep. you, if you're going to be damned for it anyway mm, yeah yeah you yeah. know i get 12 days carers leave a year um and as i said well pro rata that's not what i get but if i worked full time yeah that's, yeah, would that's be, what yeah, i would yeah. receive um and so part of me just thinks well that's what they're there for, for yep that's really what they're there for so why the hell not use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and again, it goes back to that single point of failure issue. If they've yeah. got a single point of failure, they need to address that as an institution. Yeah. yeah. And me coming into work every time my kids are sick isn't going to redress that either. No, no. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the thing, isn't it, about seeing something in your workplace that isn't how you'd like it to be and just that thing of trying to change it. But it's always hard to be the one that's trying to change it. And kind of copying the flack for that. But you know at the same time that it is what you need to do or, yeah. If anyone's going to – if it's going to change, you have to do something. But you have to, you know, start raising these questions and saying, you know, this is is a reality of of things. So what do you think will be the next evolution of what is happening with your family with, with children and work? Well, as I said, we're about to embark on the uh, wonderful familial experiment of mummy returning to work full time. Yeah. So yeah. I'll let you know how that goes. goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that over time it will be interesting to see once my own children gain employment themselves, which mm. they're already talking about. Yeah, okay. So yeah. they've already got their own employment plans and ideas in place. <laughs> One of them, yeah, me too. So one of them is very fixated on what she's going to be doing at the age of fourteen, and 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 having a job. Yeah. And I think that that's something I need to foster and Mm. really encourage and support. Um. And there, and then another one has already asked me how she can go about earning more money, um, herself outside of her pocket money. She's really built up a nest egg and has started to see what that means and. So I'm now thinking that maybe you don't have to wait till you're 14 before you start to think about how you could bring revenue into your life. Yeah. And I wish maybe it's something that my parents had done earlier with me. So Mm. we might look and explore that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that also definitely just making my children aware of salary and income and expenditure and the importance of mm-hmm. that yeah um not for them to feel pressured or stressed but just to have a general awareness around the true cost of living yeah um and not to take things for granted mm. Mm. i i think i feel that my children suffer from a sense of entitlement and a lack of gratitude yeah 
Um, and oh, you're certainly not the only <laughs> one that's that's saying that. It's not not unique no. um, that one, but yeah, it is. Um, it is a hard one, isn't it? With yeah. that that kind of um, wanting to provide rich experiences mm. and the things they need to not for them to not feel encumbered and not be able to do something because I don't have the equipment or something and yeah and just kind of the the gratitude and um yeah not not taking things for granted and assume that it's always going to be like that and it just happens yeah and you'll just get a new one yeah yeah, yeah. oh you broke it did you <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry it's broken. Mm. That's it. That's the one you got. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I know in my family it's not it's not so much kind of objects and possessions and that kind of thing. It's more like for example, how well, one day I can't remember what it was, it was like, you know, when the kids have a birthday and sometimes they'll take some food to school, something to, for the class. I just, I don't know, I said something about, I don't have time to do this. And my eldest was just like, well, you'll just do it after we go to bed. And it'll just, I'm just like, like, wow. Just that kind of, well, it'll just happen. Yeah, yeah. Like, you'll just make it happen. Because that's that's how it works. Um, the fairies will come. The, yes, and so it's yeah more in that kind of department. They're just about how things happen and mm. and what um, people have to contribute mm. to to make these things happen, mm. um, and how you can't just you know take that for granted because someone's you know not getting enough sleep for that to happen or someone's yeah. not getting something of their own something yes. deal done yes. for that to for that to happen to kind of understand that yeah. maybe it's easier with money maybe it's more tangible it's easier yeah. to, to explain that well it's funny because going back to what i was saying about the pocket money and them and what they have to do in order to achieve it i one of the reasons i don't give them money for doing jobs around the house is that, as I say to them, nobody pays me. Yeah. yeah nobody pays right. me to clean the house. Mm. That's something that we need to do. And yeah. we've all con- we all contribute to keeping the house yeah. clean and tidy and neat. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, when you empty the dishwasher, you don't get paid for that. Yeah. And we all do that. And we all do it together because that's something we all eat together. We yeah. all, yeah. yeah so yeah. Um, it's instilling that in them as well. And I want them to have a sense of that we do things for a family because we love each other. Mm. We just say that's what our family does. Right. We That's just yeah. how we roll. Right. We do this for each other. We consider yeah. of each other. Yeah. We like our house to be tidy so we all contribute yeah. to it being tidy. Yeah. Um, that's just what our family does. It's, yeah. 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 Um, I like that. That's what our family does. That, and that can also go to kind of further away things like, oh, my friend can do this and, and I want to do this and or oh, other kids can do that. Right. And it's just like, well, uh, that's fine, but that our family does this. Uh, and it's very inclusive. Yeah, it's like yeah. you're part of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've got yeah. a role and you've got responsibilities and um, it's not, yeah, it's not kind of going. They're right, we're wrong or yeah. we're right, they're wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not it's a right just, or wrong thing. It's just that's what our family this, does. This is what, this our, is family what does. our family does. Yeah, yeah. I so like that's a that. that's a we, that's a saying that comes that goes around in our house a lot. Which... Oh, that's really nice. I like that, Hayley. Yeah, we used to have, or used to have, we do have. We um, had a family motto. Yep. And so our family motto was "Life is an adventure." Yep. And so whenever the girls were scared to do something or try something new, then we would say, well, what's our family motto? Yeah. Our family motto is life is an adventure. adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and in fact, you've just reminded me, I was going to have a big poster made up uh, with it in gold and I will now do that for us. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. I can just point to it and say, say that's it. Yeah. That's, that's our family motto. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a yeah. good one. Mm-hmm. We can have good adventures and bad adventures, but there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but you've got to go on the adventure. Yeah. 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 Um, so is your version of family anything like what you thought family would look like before you had children? Nothing like it. No? No, nothing like is that, it. Is that... I mean, obviously, yeah, you've kind of got the, the twin part of it. Yes. Which I don't think many people... <laughs> 
you know, envisage when no. they're just like, how are we doing this? Um, that. No. Um, well, certainly there were many things about our family where it is today that yeah. were not yeah. the way I envisaged it would be mm-hmm. at the time that we embarked on this adventure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I certainly didn't embark on the adventure alone. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. For a start. Um, And my very genuine intention um, was that I would be in a relationship with the children's father and Mm. we were Mm -hmm. married. Yeah. And that was something that for me at that time was very important to give my children a stable, it wasn't about being married per se, it was but, about yeah, being yeah. in a stable, loving relationship. Um, and I do feel, I feel sorry for the girls that they don't have that modelled for them. Mm. That's mm. the one thing that I think they are missing is yeah. having that modelled by their mother so yeah. they don't see that every day what it means for their mother to be in a loving relationship with another person, Mm -hmm. whomever that person may be. Yeah, and just kind of the negotiations that go with that and just how we conduct ourselves and what we we do. So I imagine they get some aspect of that from the grandparents. They see that. They do. So they kind of, yeah. Oh, they do. And don't get me wrong, they're surrounded by um, many couples who demonstrate loving relationships to them every day and that's yeah. lovely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but just, it's different to, to like, in in your house and, yeah. Well, it's also I would like them to see what it means for their mother to be loved mm. and what it means as a woman yeah. to have someone treat you with respect Yes. And value you and your worth and to see that enacted ritualistically in your home Mm. is very Mm. different from it being outside where it's removed. And to give a bit of a benchmark of what I feel is acceptable for me in future relationships. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, And I do think that without having that modelled for them that they will – Potentially, not, mm, not necessarily, mm. it's not a given, yep. but potentially they might struggle with that themselves then. Just, yeah, struggle with negotiating what's, yeah, what's the level that I expect to, yeah, yeah, for my partner to operate at or, yeah. Absolutely. Or, or to where to draw the line, that's okay, that's not okay, yeah. Yep. Um, so I, I do think that that's something that I had not envisaged at all. I certainly hadn't envisaged having twins. That was an incredible shock. Um, so I discovered that I was having twins when I was six weeks pregnant yeah. because I started to bleed and I knew I was pregnant. I'd done a test and um, we went to the emergency room mm-hmm. at the hospital and the doctor said, oh, don't be ridiculous what makes you think you're pregnant? And I said, well, I'm bleeding and I'm 36 years old and I don't usually come to emergency when I've got my period. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, (laughs) this is like there's something very wrong here. Um, And so he um, bemusedly just condescendingly said, okay, let's do a blood test and you can go and have an ultrasound. And it was during the ultrasound that the Ah, technician said. Wait a minute. Yeah. Seeing double here. She did. (laughs) Like she, she looked at us and she just said, Oh, wait a minute. Oh, there are two heartbeats. And we just, (laughs) we're like, does that mean there are two babies or there are two hearts? Like what do you, what are you telling us? (laughs) <laughs> like it's either one abnormal baby or we're having to like yeah. like what are you saying and then and she wasn't allowed to tell us anything and yeah, she yeah. shouldn't technically have said, said that. that yeah but it was just a bit of a shock yeah. and she was she was giving a bit of running commentary on what she was discovering and i just thought the way she was shocked i'm like great you're shocked what do you think we are love like where does this leave us so my husband 
fainted. Like he just went down. That was it. He was gone. Um, and then it was great because I just felt completely vindicated. And yeah. when I saw the doctor, I was like, well, you told me I wasn't pregnant. Well, yeah. I showed you. <laughs> <laughs> Not just one, but two babies in there, my friend. <laughs> you were wrong twice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> On both counts. So, and I think that we, I guess I, it was a mixed blessing because we knew then from six weeks that we were having twins. Mm, yeah, yeah. So we had a long time to prepare and, yes, and not yes. enough time to prepare all at the same time. <laughs> oh, well, you could. You could spend that whole time preparing, but, yeah, you don't. Nothing you prepares don't really you. Know. No. I mean, and yeah, whether however many that's in, in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, re- you can't really prepare for no. not sleeping, like, and just knowing how to operate with not enough sleep and that kind of thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. you can't prepare. But no. Yes. No, you can't. <laughs> um, but so, yeah, so that they were just the two most obvious unexpected things. Yeah, yeah. I think that I wouldn't not have my children, but I wish that people were more honest with other people about what it means to have children. Yeah, okay, yeah. I don't think that anyone is served by the mythology around the fulfilment and enrichment myth that we're peddled around what children bring into your life. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, so that probably sounds very cold, <laughs> but I do think that there is this tendency toward romanticising what it means to have children. Mm, so do you mean as kind of as when you have little, lit, very little people yes. that you yeah, yeah, that are you're solely responsible for? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not all a Kleenex tissues ad, you know? Like <laughs> no, no. Led- well, that's to right. believe that it's all just look, looking lovingly into an infant's eyes yeah, and yeah. You know, lifting them up and the background music plays on. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah and- no, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I think I kind of tend to think there's some personality types that go better with that than others. I guess within my family and my mum's family there's a lot of very strong kind of mothering going on and a lot of helping out and a lot of um some of my mum's eldest in her family so when her sisters had children we were kind of old enough to you know cousins are younger and like I remember whenever someone one of her sisters had a baby like the other sisters would just go and spend time there send the mother to bed do work oh wow do, like just you know just go and do stuff for the day oh my god um, and so i kind of used to see a lot of that stuff right and kind of see a bit more of the reality and i guess just i think my personality is a bit more that i can go okay with not knowing what i'm doing yeah but i think if you're the personality where you really like to know what you're doing and know that you're on top of what you're doing i, th- I find those people struggle hmm. more I I don't know that it's about competency. I I didn't struggle with worrying about being a competent parent. Um, I find it interesting that, like, I think it's lovely that what you've described of having the sisters come and just help and yeah, put the mother yeah. to bed. Hello. <laughs> Where were they when I was having twins? Yeah, like, my yeah, exactly. God. Yeah. I mean, my... Um, my situation was very unique in that I had my children away from my family. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I was living overseas and had no... And so those, yeah, yeah, networks weren't there. No, yeah. no immediate family around at all on either side Sides. to give support. Yeah, yeah, But it's not about that. It's not about that. It's about the fact that my sister had been a mum. I loved my nephew. I spent time with my nephew. But... You'd think it was all just playing Lego, and, mm, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, not the blending the food and the changing the nappies and the and the. I used to call it the car alarm that wouldn't turn off. You know, <laughs> like that cry that you wouldn't. You know, just that constant demand on your attention and your energy and your life and. I just think that there's a tendency toward not being honest with mm. anyone around that. You know, it's almost like 
people frown upon you yeah, if you yeah. if you're candid yeah. about you know cracked nipples or yeah, well, there you is know, like, whatever element it yeah, might be there is that element of kind of making a joke of it and it being funny and just kind of joking about yeah not getting enough sleep and just all this kind of stuff it's not done in a meaningful or useful way no like you know you see movies that have this stereotype of the mother and she's covering spew and she's <laughs> all this kind of stuff but you don't really view that as i don't know yeah it's not not given in any kind of helpful meaningful way it's a it's a joke and it's kind of given in a way where you just go oh, well, that won't happen to me. Like, that's not relevant to me. <laughs> it's not always portrayed as, as the um, nappy adverts. No. But it's not, yeah, when it's not, it's not helpful either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess getting that, I just think that dispelling some of the myths around it are important. Mm. Because I think it's about expectations. So I don't think it's about that person who needs to have everything right. Yeah. I think it's about the expectation of what is right or wrong yeah. and that there isn't one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. a little bit like what you said about this is happens in our family. Mm. Mm. That's what happens in your parenting experience. It's not a rule. It's not hard and fast. Yes. It's not yeah. fixed. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, and just go with that. Um, and all the comparisons. Mm, What's mm. your child doing? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? I just think that there's just so many parents who spend all their time comparing what other people are yes, doing with their children yeah. and not letting go enough to feel confident about that what they're doing is fine. Fine, yeah. yeah. It's fine. Because that was the thing I've always said to my friends who have children now and now that I have my own. I will never, ever, ever give you unfettered parenting advice. <laughs> yep. If you ask me for it, mm-hmm. I will give you. But I do not presume to be some oracle who sits yes. on high, yeah. who has all the answers around parenting. Happy to talk about it till uh, the cows yeah, come home yeah. if, if you want to. Mm. But I'm never going to say, oh, doing that yeah, you know yes. oh i think they're teething you There's need not, to do oh. like how how many times have you had unsolicited <laughs> advice yes, yeah exactly it's rare to find someone who's not who's not doing that um yeah i try and do that as well but i'm not sure if i always succeed but i do like like you say i do try to not just kind of come across and go oh you know you could do this or you do this and this works and blah 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 because you do you just get so many i remember with my youngest just going to the supermarket and she would have been like about a month old and she was you know we're in the supermarket she's cranky or something i don't know and this old woman's like oh she's teething she's a month old (laughs) (laughs) she's not teething thanks for that (laughs) i think she eventually got her first tooth like Oh, I don't remember. But like well, ten months yes, later, exactly. Exactly. It was. It was more on that kind of um, time frame. I'm like, no, she's not teething. I love that. Just, I don't know, teething and wind. I yeah, find yeah, there's a certain yeah, generation. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that that teething and wind are, are, are pretty standard. Yes. That's what's wrong with your baby. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. They, they love that. <laughs> I've heard there's a certain generation that's just a bit weird about wind. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. My mum always said, you need to get some gripe water. Tell me someone who's heard of gripe water and who lives in the 20th century. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) I've seen it for sale. You can buy gripe water. I don't know. The name always put me off. What's their gripe? Who knows? (laughs) To me, gripe, the word gripe kind of means like you just – carrying on about something that's not really exactly not really um shouldn't be a problem but i'm like well no a, a baby doesn't do that that's not something they've they need to problem. tell you they've got a problem you need to do something about it you don't need to give them something to fix their gripe you need to fix their nappy or their hunger or their yeah. sleep or their something yeah it really sounded like very that. much like a placebo yeah. to me it was yes. more about the gripe was with the parent than <laughs> exactly exactly it was it was it was bright water for the parents gripe. Yeah, yeah that's where the name comes from i get it now <laughs> Oh, bless. (laughs) 
Oh. Okay, well, that's, that's all my questions. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. This was fun. As I said before, the second part of the interview is more about workplaces and workplace culture in general. Here is a preview of the kind of things we talk about. And I work in an institution which is incredibly hierarchical and has single point of failure built into its structure. Okay. And I think, and I see that everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if there were um, greater ability to share responsibility across the institution more broadly, then that would um, make it more robust. And I think it would reduce the amount of pressure placed on individuals. The assumption is always that if you're looking for some flexible arrangement, you're you're trying to do less. And having applied for other jobs within the same organisation, mm-hmm. that when they do a referee check, I'm going to have to take this person off my reference list because the first thing he will say is, you know she's a single mother. Because I will always say to them, apply for full-time roles because they'll say to me, I'm looking for part-time work. I say, so? Apply for full-time work and negotiate your way down. Yeah. Never, ever, ever go in saying I'm looking for part-time work. Yeah. Because assumptions will be made about you and you won't be appointed. You're wonderful, capable women. Get the full-time role and then work back from there. So carers leave doesn't work. And I'll tell you why carers leave doesn't work. Because carers leave, well, in my workplace, carers leave is based upon an emergency. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, carers leave is about caring for someone. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they are ailing or sick. And so I think that there needs to be a provision within carers leave that is actually for care of children, as in the general sense of care of children yeah, where you're okay. taking on responsibility for the care of your children. children yeah. So, for example, I work part-time for the care of children. Yeah. It's not because they're sick. Mm, it's because mm. I have a parental responsibility. Yeah. yeah. Yes. There's a difference. There yeah. is a difference. If you want to find out as soon as part two or any other episode appears, the best thing to do is subscribe to Head of a Codfish in a podcast listening app such as Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Overcast or Podcast Addict. If you want to keep up with what is going on with the podcast, you can like the Facebook page, which you can find at www.headofacodfish.com slash Facebook. Or if you want to go a step further, you can join the closed Facebook group called Codfish Squad. Here you can chat with other working parents who are there to help and support you as you navigate your way through this work and family stage of life. You can get to the group by going to www.headofacodfish.com slash codfishsquad. Thanks for listening. You'll hear again from me soon. I promise.